WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Benton Harbor Area School Superintendent Kelvin Butts introduced himself to the Benton Harbor City Commission last night, saying the district has big plans now that its debt to the state of Michigan has been forgiven. Butts said the boilers at the high school in Fairplane East Elementary will be replaced in June of next year. I want to assure you that we have a backup plan in place in case those fail during the wintertime. We already have those secured. But that's not the only facilities plan Butts has in mind. We are moving forward with a uh, master's facilities plan. In the past, there have been needs assessment done for the district. I think we're beyond what we need. It's now time to chart a path on moving forward. I will be bringing that to the board so that the board can vote on that very soon. Now that the district's debts are cleared, it can seek bonds for improvements at a more reasonable rate. Butts told commissioners he seeks to make Benton Harbor the best school district in the county and called on parents, students, and the community to work toward that goal. Meanwhile, Benton Harbor City Commissioners have approved a resolution of support for the Berrien County Trails Master Plan, but not without some discussion. At last night's meeting, they were asked to express support for the Friends of Berrien County Trails document. However, Commissioner Mary Alice Adams questioned why the commission would back a plan when the city has its own master plan that covers trails. She wondered if this is a pretext for a takeover of Benton Harbor assets. Something about this just don't look right. And it looks like we're turning something over to, I mean, we're partnershipping with, with all of these communities. Where's their money within the pot? Assistant City Manager Alex Little said this is only to give the Friends of Berry and County Trails support as it seeks grants to expand and connect trails. There's no property being exchanged as a part of this. Nobody's plan is being negatively impacted as a result. Little said the Friends of Berrien County Trails created its master plan to meet the conditions laid out for many grants, but the recipient have a master plan. Commissioner Juanita Henry said Benton Harbor's trails don't connect to the trails of other communities. In the end, the commission approved the resolution with Commissioners Henry and Ethel Clark Griffin voting no. Retired Congressman Fred Upton says the No Labels movement will hold a convention next year to nominate a candidate for president. Speaking to Michigan's Big Show this week, Upton said the group is seeking to prevent another disaster election. 70% of the folks don't want a Trump-Biden rematch for a whole bunch of different reasons. So let's give voters a choice. And that's what No Labels is about, and just trying to get on the ballot right now. That's our, our main focus. Upton said so far, No Labels has secured a spot in the ballots of 12 states. We're just looking for access to states' ballots. And then it, if, in fact, it's Trump and Biden, we'll turn it over to whoever the candidate will be. They'll run the campaign. It's not going to be no labels or we're not going to run a presidential campaign. The plan is to run a Republican for president and a Democrat for vice president. The no labels platform calls for a secure border, fiscal responsibility and a strong defense. Upton said it'll likely hold its convention in March in Dallas. He said the group has polled 80,000 voters and learned that people don't want a repeat of the last election. St. Joseph's Today is planning to kick off its annual winter celebrations this month. Events manager Daniel Kravir tells us November 17th will be the day for the big three events, Luminaries, Window Wonderland, and Countdown to New Year. She says Window Wonderland has moved up this year. Previously, Window Wonderland was that first weekend in December, but we moved it up to Luminary a couple weeks early because the downtown merchants and the storefronts, they just decorate early in November to mid-November. So we really wanted to give them some extra love as they reveal those windows. Downtown businesses create displays in their front windows for all to enjoy. Meanwhile, Luminaries always attracts a large crowd. As Kravir says, St. Joe Today works with partners to get the whole downtown basking in warm light. We've got just over 1,000 Luminaries that will go out throughout downtown along State Street and the side streets. 
streets. We've got across on Main on the east side by the market and Silver Harbor Brewing as well. And then usually Silver Harbor does the stairs. So it is just a beautiful night to come downtown and walk around. Kravir says the countdown to New Year kicks off November 17th. As part of that promotion, you can drop off your receipt from any St. Joseph Today member business and be put in the running for a gift card. The countdown runs through December 17th. The events on November 17th start at 5 p.m. and preview more fun heading into December with Light at the Bluff set for December 1st. The design for the 2024 through 2027 beach parking stickers has been selected by the South Haven City Council. At a meeting last night, City Manager Kate Hosier presented to members two options, Design B and Design E. Council members leaned toward Design B, although Mayor Pro Tem Jeff Arnold said all designs impressed. All of them were really, really good. It was a tough decision. The mayor and I narrowed it to three, and I don't know how we got it down to two because they were all really, really good. They were good, yeah. All, all had all neat good. qualities, just really great stuff. And the fun thing is, is that whatever you choose, the other design that is not chosen could be in the queue for next time. Design B incorporates the South Haven Piers. In the far distance, Friends of Goodwill, the iconic vessel found in South Haven's port, can be seen off the South Haven Pier, South Pier Lighthouse. Councilmember Wendy Anucky said Design B just stood out to her the most. The designs were created by local artists Jen Sistrunk and Luke Thompson. An Edwardsburg man is dead following a motorcycle crash in New Buffalo Township over the weekend. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department says the crash was discovered about 9.30 p.m. on Sunday at the T intersection of U.S. 12 and Red Arrow Highway. An off-duty deputy happened to spot a motorcycle on its side next to the parking lot well off the roadway. He phoned it in, and an on-duty deputy responded. He found a downed rider in a grassy area and began life-saving measures, but they were not successful. The motorcyclist was pronounced dead at the scene. It's believed the motorcyclist hit a sign on the side of the road. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department's Accident Re Investigation Unit is conducting a review of the scene to determine exactly what happened. The name of the 45-year-old motorcyclist has not been released. And as friends and family make plans to travel for the holidays, the American Heart Association wants everyone to know how to spot symptoms of a stroke. Courtney Hall is a stroke survivor in her 30s. She said that she's young and didn't think about stroke at all. Hall advises that it isn't necessary for all the signs of stroke to show up. Even one or two should be enough to alert you. I started to feel like I was talking in slow motion. My only symptoms were the heavy arm and leg and slowed speech. If I would have gone the first day, I could have received the clot buster medicine. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to use my left arm again. Doctors say you can use the FAST acronym to watch out for signs of strokes. That's F for facial asymmetry or an abnormal facial droop. A stands for arm weakness, like being unable to hold one arm up. The S stands for speech difficulty. Finally, T stands for time to call 911. Even when a stroke isn't fatal, it results in up to 50% of patients having a chronic disability. The Michigan Stroke Program, run by the state's Department of Health and Human Services, is one place to start with extensive information online. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. The White House has marked one month since the Hamas terror attacks on Israel. ABC's Karen Travers is more. Asked to respond to the U.N. Secretary General's comments that Gaza is, quote, becoming a graveyard for children, White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said Tuesday, it's horrible to see images of young kids being pulled out of rubble and so many not making it. Kirby said the blame is on Hamas. Hamas? is putting those children and their families in greater danger uh, by not letting them go uh, 
uh, by encouraging them to stay, by sheltering in their homes. Kirby said there are children being held by Hamas, and the U.S. is trying to get them released, but has had no success so far. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The Israeli army says its forces are battling Hamas fighters inside of Gaza's largest city, signaling a major new stage a month into a war that's claimed thousands of lives and leveled large portions of territory. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel is likely to maintain control of security in Gaza once Hamas is defeated. The move into Gaza City risks a further escalation in casualties a month into the war. Netanyahu's comments pointed to the uncertainty surrounding the endgame of a war that Israel says will go on for some time until it destroys Hamas. Meanwhile, a month after the Hamas terror attacks on Israel, triggering a deadly war, a vigil is planned tonight at Jerusalem's Western Wall. Women locked arms, mourning the dead, and praying for the release of hundreds of hostages. Morph maybe sees Dina's de la Quetera. In the early days after the war, we saw a lot of unity. Uh, the, the whole country rallying here, you know, against Hamas and, and in support of the victims and families. I think in the last few weeks, we've, we've seen that evolve a little bit, with some, of course, being more critical of the government. Clearly, some of these families feel the government's not doing enough to bring these uh, people home, um, and others, you know, uh, support the government. Some of the hostages' families we'd spoken to said that they feel they have no choice but to trust the government here. The Lebanese militia Hezbollah has traded fire with Israeli troops along the border since the day after the Hamas October 7th attack in southern Israel that sparked the war in the Gaza Strip. Both sides have suffered casualties, but the fear is that the conflict will escalate and spiral into a regional fight. In his first public speech since the outbreak of the Hamas war, Hezbollah's leader said Friday the paramilitary force had, quote, already entered the battle on October 8th, but stopped short of saying Hezbollah would more fully join the fight. Meanwhile, here in the United States, Ventura County, California, investigators are working to figure out what led to the death of a Jewish man who fell during an argument with a pro-Palestinian protester Sunday. Here's ABC's Alex Stone. Investigators say witnesses have differing views of what unfolded. Pro-Israeli protesters say 69-year-old Paul Kessler was attacked with a megaphone. Pro-Palestinian protesters say Kessler fell during an argument. Ventura County Sheriff Jim Fryhoff says police work needs to figure out if Kessler was physically attacked before he fell. I can just tell you that the information we're getting is conflicting with one another. There was clear, clearly an interaction between the two, but what that level of interaction is is still unclear. The home of the 50-year-old suspect has been searched. Nobody has been arrested. Alex Stone, EBC News. The Air Force is asking Congress to restrict further construction of towering wind turbines that have edged closer to its nuclear missile sites in Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, Nebraska, and Colorado. The underground silos share space on a vast private farmlands with the turbines, which have grown in size and number as the country's energy needs have increased. But the turbines make it dangerous for military helicopter crews, which need to fly in low and fast when a sight alarm triggers. The Air Force wants Congress to pass legislation to create a buffer zone of two nautical miles around each site. The legislation has the support of wind energy advocates. Existing towers would be unaffected. The United States Supreme Court is hearing arguments in the 30-year-old federal ban on guns for domestic violence abusers. The justices will also discuss if the ban violates the Second Amendment. Here's ABC's Ike Giochi. I can't believe I'm once again in front of the Supreme Court fighting to uphold basic constitutional protections. That we know save lives. Hundreds of protesters outside the Supreme Court, including Representative Debbie Dingell of Michigan. If the Supreme Court affirms the decision of the Fifth Court, people are going to die. And they're going to die because of the action that they take here. And it is not okay. Ike Jachi, ABC News, Washington. 
Although it's an off-year general election, races around the country will have far-reaching implications for 2024 and beyond. For example, there are two races today that are determining state governors. Other races will provide insight into how abortion rights are shaping American politics. Some contests, like Pennsylvania's Supreme Court race, could play a significant role in voting-related cases during the 2024 presidential election. There could also be some historic firsts, as in Rhode Island, which could elect its first black representative to Congress. Meanwhile, today in Ohio, a steady stream of voters are filing in to cast their ballots for the state's Issue 1, which would likely decide the future of abortion access in the state. It would codify it in right of the state's constitution, something conservative Republicans have failed to stop during August's special election. More from ABC's Alex Prechet in Columbus. We've seen conservatives here uh, basically since that special election was say that, like, well, let's go back to the drawing board and and re-examine this. But what you hear from a lot of uh, progressives and a lot of abortion rights advocates, they don't believe that there's an appetite uh, to go forward with this. And so that's that's kind of the battle and the messaging there.